Welcome back to the Long Distance Love Bombs podcast. I am your host, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg. Today's episode is so good. I just finished the conversation with my friend, Leela Dilla. Leela is a light worker, a healer. She's a yoga teacher. She hosts immersive experiences. She hosts retreats and workshops. She's hilarious and profound and wise as all hell. In this episode, we talked about basically anything related to personal development. We talk about how to face your fears. We talk about how to live life better. We talk about transformation. We talk about like so many things. We laugh a lot. Uh, make sure you stay to the very end of the episode because I said goodbye to Leela and then we proceeded to have like 10 more minutes of hilarity and nonsensical wisdom bombs. Super fun episode. You can find her online at leeladilla.com. And she and I are hosting a retreat over New Year's Eve with our friend Traver Bohm in Costa Rica. It's going to be, I think, six days in the jungles in Costa Rica over New Year's Eve, December 28th to January 3rd. If you're tired of boring, uncomfortable, like New Year's Eve parties where you can't hear your friends talk and you have like cheap champagne and all that shit, why not come to Costa Rica with us? It's going to be a riot. It's going to be super fun and transformative as well. So you can check that out online at her website, leeladilla.com. Enjoy this episode. It's one of my favorites to date. We had such a high vibe conversation. I know you're going to love it. I'll follow your lead as best I can. You're, you're following my lead. That's a dangerous proposition, Leela. I don't know what the <laughs> I don't really. I was just trying to set myself up for success because that's not usually how it goes, but I'm going to do my best. Leela Dilla, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad to, to see you. This is going to be fun. Yeah, and it is. You just showed me a gallon-sized mug of coffee that you're drinking, so I feel like this is going to be pretty high vibe. It is. It's huge. It, yeah, it was, it was called a vase the other day. I respect that. You can call it that from now on. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, for, so you're currently, where are you? I'm in Costa Rica. What I'm in Playa Hermosa. I'm leading a 200-hour teacher training. I have nine lovely ladies that are going to be yoga teachers after this. But um, we're in this like cocoon experience together. They're doing a three-week immersion and um, transforming trauma and aligning with truth and uh, doing a bunch of transformative work, really, so that they can be authentic, connected teachers of light when they leave here. Somehow in three weeks, I'm going to be committed to helping them get there. Yeah, yeah, just the superficial small things that you're focusing on, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, they were like trying to do yoga poses, and I was like, let's sit and talk for a second. And they were just all having breakdowns. I don't know I'm going to be able to do this. We're processing a lot of emotional stuff. I'm like, you're going to be so good on the other side of this. We're just riding the wave. We're just riding yes. the wave. Ride the wave. So for people who have no idea who you are or what you do, like, what's your deal? What are you, what are you all about? Well, I like to hover underneath this umbrella of yoga, like a yoga teacher, because um, that gives me a nice, like, popular um, avenue to teach, like, deep spiritual teachings and also, like, trauma transformation, soul retrieval, really getting people to, like, a safe position where they can release the things that have held them back and really step into their life fully, um, you know, like leaning into the aspects of their life where they would like to have more love and 
finding what it is for them that brings them bliss and joy and purpose. Um, and I do that through interpersonal work. I do a lot of private coaching. And then I specialize in retreats and trainings um, for the last couple of years. So I do 200-hour trainings um, for yoga specifically. But I've kind of decided recently that they're just going to need to be called like life and happiness training. So I really feel like everyone should do one. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, um, I do a couple other things. I'm a chef and um, an astrologer and a Reiki Reiki practitioner and things like that, but I kind of all, I filter them into this one avenue of creating sacred spaces for people to connect and to um, let go of the shit that holds them back so that they can actually spend their life here happy instead of waiting until their deathbed to realize what was important. Oh God, there's so much to talk about. <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> I'm like, oh my God, where do we even start with you? you yeah, know? let's start here. I, made, I gave them this homework assignment yesterday. I was like, I pretty much just teach in tangents also, which is probably why we resonate. Um, but I was speaking before our yoga class in the morning and I was like, listen, like, what are you going to care about when you're on your deathbed? Like, what are you going to care about? And we just had this like really, be really beautiful like, conversation and discussion about it. And then I gave them a homework assignment. I was like, by the end of the day, you have to send me a list of what the fuck you're going to care about then. Because mm -hmm. I guarantee it's not going to be the things that are stressing you out right now. Mm. So um, and I got some, like, some beautiful, beautiful stuff back. So what are you going to care about on your deathbed? Oh, I mean, I, I actually use a very similar exercise in my group Perfect. coaching program where I have people, um, I do a couple things, but I have a whole module focused on death. So I have mm. people write their obituary. It's like mm. a beautiful exercise of not necessarily... Yeah how terrible my life is and I died and blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> you know, like, what do you want to leave behind? You know, what yeah. are you proud of that you've already done? What are you mm. for? And so just trying to frame that temporary existence that we all have and often forget that our time is limited. Uh, yeah. And then the other exercise I have them do, which is based on something Kyle Cease does, is to imagine yourself as like an 80-year-old. Mm -hmm. And you kind of envision like, where are you? How do you spend your day? Like, are you in the mountains? Are you in the trees? Like, who's with you? Et cetera, yeah. et cetera. And that's like a really powerful hack for what you currently want. Yeah. Right? Like the it thing is. that you're actually fantasizing about is the thing that you want currently. Right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think that those are um, those examples and the one that you just gave are just really powerful kind of tricks to helping us get into our truth and accepting and admitting what we actually want from our lives, you know? Yeah. And just really like reevaluating what our priorities are. Like yeah. we, we demonstrate what's important to us by the way in which we spend our time. Mm. You know, so it's That's a good line. It is a really good one. I really, in, I, that flowed out of my fingertips typing one time and I was like, shit, because if we really looked at like, mm -hmm. how much time am I putting into like staring at my cell phone? How much time am I putting into this, this, and this that are complete bullshit when I could be spending my time like in deep gratitude, completely present, mm -hmm. you know, nourishing my body, connecting with other people. Um, you know, and then the, the majority of my time where that's spent is actually telling, signaling to the universe, like, I want more of this. See how much I value this? Give me more. And it's like, huh, I don't want more distraction and like shit relationships. I want to be in a place of like abundance and complete acceptance, contentment, peace. Like I want that. So shift. What's my priorities? Let me get there so that that's actually what comes to me and what I'm actually able to embrace. 
changes everything. Big perspective. Shift. It's such a powerful thing. I've never heard it described like that. So instead of saying like, oh, I'm wasting time, it's like, no, you're, you're, just, you're wasting life. Yes. You're spending it. You're choosing to spend it as if it were money. Like here's a coin for you, Instagram. Like here's yeah. a coin for you, shit talking. Like here's a coin for you eating ding dongs. Like, is that what I want my, where I'm putting, I'm investing my money into all of these things. Like, yeah. no, no, no. Let me call that back and really just like overflow into the elements where I want to grow. Mm. What do I want to be like the biggest, most weighty parts of my life? Like, I want to be Whew. in my soul. I want to be connected to love. I want to be like immersed in nature. I want to feel deep gratitude. I want to be in a state of healing all the time. Then I got to like get all that spare change that I'm wasting on baloney. Like big mm. companies are convincing me are important and they are not. Like take that dollar back from the baloney sandwich and spend yeah. it on a wheatgrass shot. <laughs> Kind of. Yeah. That would definitely be in the category of where I wanted to re rim reinvesting my funds into things that are going to make me a better human and that are going to make the life of my children or my grandchildren or generations that come after me um, better. I just, um, I just read this quote this morning and it said something like, um, we've all learned to answer emails on Sundays, but we haven't learned to go to the movie theater on Mondays. And, it's, and I just really <laughs> loved that of like, shit, like we've all been taught and we're all efficient at overworking and prioritizing that above all else uh -huh. when it comes to actually doing something fun and easy and light. We, we have a really hard time doing that. Mm -hmm. We almost don't know how. Yeah. What's the deal? Like, with, why is that? I think it's, I enjoy guiding people back to this because it's such a, it's like people just have like aha moments. I'm like, write down everything you love and they're like uh and i'm like like really love like even just think like what was the last time that you were just like blissed out and you weren't like you didn't ingest a drug mm. you weren't drunk and like you weren't at like you know pit falling off of a um roller coaster like we can't have these extreme like what were you just doing where you were just completely immersed in your bliss body like what were you doing and sadly enough oftentimes people have to go back into their childhood to really identify or like younger years to really identify when they were actually able to completely let their guard down and mm. feel safe enough to just thoroughly enjoy something without the mind coming in and telling you that mm. there's other things to be doing than just enjoying. Um, but I think that's huge because it's like, okay, how often do you do that? People can make a list after a while. They can make a list. Like and it's always like nature is always on it. Like being in nature, I'm like, okay, yeah, duh, because we came from nature. So it would make sense that like, we are part of it. We are like the most intelligent form of it. So of course we should be immersed in it. Um, like being in love with someone, laughter is usually in there and some sort of creative art form in a sense, whether it's like writing or reading or um, learning is usually in there. Um, but it's, we, and then I say like, okay, how often do you do these? And then that usually is like this whoosh flood of like, oh my God, I don't do the off of at all. And it's like, oh, like, why not? That's just society's conditioned us to say that all these other things are important. Mm -hmm. And like, if I'm able to do these things and really fill myself up from the inside out, you know how much better I'm going to be at my job? Because I don't have like, I'm not soulless when I sit down on my computer. I feel like pretty full and excited to pour myself into what I'm doing. Or like I get to my family's house and I'm actually like present with them because I've taken good care of myself and allowed myself to be a creative, happy human most of my life. So I get there and I'm annoyed because I haven't done anything for myself in a zillion years. Ugh. 
I mean, it makes sense once we think about it, but we get so stuck in the habits of just completely disregarding what it feels like to be connected and happy. Mm. And I've, I've spoken to a lot of people who feel guilty about taking the time to self-care, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do that. I have to take care of my kids. I have to take care of my partner. I have to take care of my work. And, and it almost mm-hmm. feels like a, like a, an overwhelming sensation to prioritize yourself. Yeah. Right. So like, what do you say to people who feel like um, they don't have time for that or they're, they're overwhelmed with options, you know, of like, Oh, it's easy to say they do more of what you love, but for people who don't necessarily even know what they love or how to, how to start. Yeah. Um, I, I say that like, there's, we have, you know, 24 hours in a day, however many seconds that is. And every day we're doing something like we're doing the same things throughout the day, whether we know it or not. Mm. And the intention that I infuse into everything I'm doing is actually what matters. So the, the truth is, is that I could actually just not change what I do during the day pretty much at all, but I can infuse the intention of showing up for myself and being in gratitude and being in love. Like I could wake up and brushing my teeth could be the biggest act of self-care. Mm. I got to do it every day anyway. I could stand there and be like, I, I get to keep these teeth a little longer. <laughs> smile at some people when I'm done. I'm going to just uh, brush these teeth like a motherfucker and be like totally in gratitude. I got to eat every day too. <laughs> Why not like sit down with my food and be like, oh, I'm going to like eat with like complete, like we also have to identify what our most favorite emotions are because they're all very different beings. So like passion, humor, like deep connection, like those are really important to me. Mm. Um, and so. I could infuse like in gratitude and things like that, like deep connection. I could be deeply connected and in my most like heightened state of emotion when I'm eating. Why not? It's care. Yeah. It's like a, a thoughtful process. I'm like, you know, I'm truly eating. Honestly, it should be the most tangible self-care we do. We do it three to five to 10 times a day with snacking involved. And if every single one was an act mm-hmm. of self-care and showing up for yourself, so if I, I would say that if we don't have enough time, so to speak, one, I would reevaluate how we're spending our time because I can guarantee we could probably suck like one or two hours out of, you know, if we just didn't have a cell phone um, or we were talking about bullshit that we didn't really need to be talking about. <laughs> mm. So I would say like reevaluate because we could always be more honest about the way we're spending our time. Mm. And then second, it would be like, why not infuse things I'm already doing with an intention of loving kindness towards ourselves? Mm. Because once I start doing that, I probably would slow down a little more and realize like, wow, I have, I am not at, we are not lacking opportunity to stay connected and in love. Like Mm. we have every second, like every time somebody comes into your presence, like you're able to, you could center yourself and show that every time we have to do anything for ourselves, every time we step on the earth, like, like being in nature, great, your feet, you know, often your feet are on the ground, hopefully all the time, unless gravity doesn't apply to you. Like you're here and you can stay and you can like be present with the earth while you're on top of her Mm. drinking water, like infuse what we do with love. Mm. That's what I would say. And then start to actually get inquisitive about it. Like, what do you like, what's most important to you? Mm. I feel like a lot of what you're describing has this underlying sentiment of empowerment behind it, mm-hmm. of like yeah. consciously choosing how to be moment to moment, consciously choosing what you want to focus on. So for example, when you said brushing your teeth, you know, I imagine many of us are kind of zoning out or we're thinking about the day and we're not actually thinking about 
the bristles hitting our teeth and we're not mm-hmm. thinking, holy shit, these chompers help me eat burritos. I love like, <laughs> yes. like oh my God. Um, <sighs> like there, I, I realized this a while back, a couple of years ago, actually, I realized this when um, my brakes literally failed as I was driving down the road. I went to stop my car and the car did not stop. And the car was a giant van and uh, it was terrifying, right? Mm-hmm. And I swerved off and I went up on the curb and I nearly hit a telephone pole and it was not an ideal day. It was not an ideal situation. <laughs> but like most things that are scary or tragic or confronting, it taught me a really significant lesson. And that was that there are so many things every single day that are going right for me that mm-hmm. I neglect to even think about. And so yeah. for, for me, for that example, it was like, my brakes work, you know? <laughs> like, my, like as simple and as dumb as that is, it's like, that's actually a hugely significant thing when they don't work, right? Yeah. Of like, yeah. <laughs> like oh, I'm really healthy today. Like, and you yeah. only notice that when you're sick or dying or, you know, you need to get your leg chopped off, whatever. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's like, how often have you appreciated your pinky toe? Oh. Never. You don't even fucking pay attention to that shit until you almost take it off of the coffee table. And then mm-hmm. you're like, in the toe. And it's like, yeah. what? Why? When was the last time you said, like, I'm real happy I have a pinky toe? So happy. I, oh, yeah. I always tell people in yoga, I'm like, look at them toes. You got, yeah. Most of you have five. Even if you only have four, you appreciate them too. You got toes. They're helping you stand up. Do you like, have a Do you have a specific gratitude practice that you do every day? Um. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I do. Um. Every morning when I wake up, I roll over and do child's pose. You know what that is? Where you just like, um. It's like a yoga thing. Yeah, you're like in a little ball, kind of like your knees are tucked under you and your arms are out in front of you. Mm-hmm. And I, I roll over and I just put like I extend my arms out in front of me and I flip my palms up to the sky, put my forehead kind of down on the bed. And I just take a deep breath and I'm like, I got to wake up. Like yeah. that in itself, like I got to wake up today. Mm-hmm. And then I breathe again and I'm like, I'm safe. Like I'm, I'm in a safe place. I somehow had a bed to sleep on. Like I'm here and I have a choice today to like dedicate my life to something that I care about. And I, so I put my hands up kind of in the, it, with the intent of like releasing my preconceived control over my life and I just say like my life is in your hands I use the word God because I wasn't raised in any religion that skewed that for me you could say source or whatever because there's obviously something higher than you unless you made the sunrise but I didn't so I just say like this power that's clearly designing something around me like I just surrender um, my life into your hands and just like use me as a vessel of your love and light Um, and then I have a dog that I love dearly who has been like my support as I've gone on my journey as an adult and I feel deep gratitude for him the gratitude for my parents and for uh, my close friends and soul family and then I um, feel gratitude for my teachers I have a little um, poem or like prayer that Carolyn Mace says who's I feel like is my greatest teacher and I, and I am thankful for her knowledge that she gives to me and then I usually just sit up and put my hands on my body and say like thank all my organs for like beating like doing what they did all night digesting my food my heart kept beating like I didn't even have to think about breathing when I was there yeah. and then when I put my feet on the floor I think like I still have feet and I still have legs and I mean it only really takes me like sometimes I do it real fast depending on whether I snoozed or not which usually I try not to 
Um, because when once I flip over, I'm like, oh yes, it is nice to be alive. I don't have to be miserable that I got to wake up, which is such a weird thing that humans do. You know, our alarm goes off and we're like, fuck. Mm-hmm. It's like God would be like, you asshole. Like, yeah. are you kidding me? You got to open your eyes. Really yeah. mad? Like you see that theater I created for you to go play in, and you're just like pissed immediately. So yeah, I do that. And like, I, I, ugh, I, I had a bad dream <laughs> last night. Like, you had a dream. You had a wild hallucination while you were fucking unconscious, knocked out, eyes closed for eight hours. Like, oh, you. Like, I don't understand why we we don't get absolutely spellbound by the power of just sleep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, okay, I, go? Go to, I don't know. I gotta go to. Like, have you ever seen? Seeing somebody <laughs> sleeping, they look dead. Like we, fucking, we drop dead for like six to ten hours every single day, and in that time, we potentially have wild, hallucinogenic <laughs> visions. And we yeah. wake up, and it's like, oh yeah, fuck, I have to go to work. And like, yo, did you? Can you just think about what just went down? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, totally. I like, whoa. <laughs> fascinating. And I I appreciate the humor that we're both able to find in it because I do feel like if we're able to like see this whole process, like the human predicament, like the, yeah, the human predicament is just so fat, truly fascinating to me. I mean, and really, it will, I hope that I keep that mindset because it's like, if I don't have that mindset, honestly, I like hate humanity. So I'm like, oh, I got to shift this a little bit to be same. like, wow. Because if I let myself go into that, like, what the fuck are we doing here? It's not a good mm-hmm. sight. So I just keep this nice, humorous, like, I, let's just, oh, I'm going to draw out whatever juice is in here. We're we on a slippery slope to the Pandora's oh. box. Because, like, I'll rant about this shit for days, Leela. <laughs> yeah, like, I do. And for me, it's like, I treat life like a scavenger hunt or, like, a yeah. treasure hunt or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. As, as, like, I, I find that when I do that, it keeps me present. It's like, mm-hmm. a, it's like a hack that I use. Because I have a hard time... Um, uh, being present, I'm often in my head. But when I treat the world like a game, I'm like, okay, there's some cool shit around here. I gotta just mm-hmm. find it, or I'll mm-hmm. just stare at things and be like, whoa. Like chasing awe, <laughs> for example, is like a hack yeah. for me to, like, like the antidote to apathy. I guess is chasing yeah, awe. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's fascinating here? Like, could I possibly, maybe, in any way, see that there could be something worth looking at mm-hmm. instead of just like. Everything sucks. I saw two things I want to say about gratitude is recently I heard, or I guess like not that recently, maybe like a year ago or something. It said like, what if you woke up tomorrow with only the things that you were grateful for today? And I was like, oh. say, say that again. <laughs> what if you woke up tomorrow with only the things that you were grateful for today? Oof. I was like, ah! and it placed this like real intense urgency yeah. over like a real, like I was like, oh, like I immediately wanted to be like <laughs> hugging everyone. I don't even like yeah. to hug, but I wanted to like just pour my heart into every scenario and be like, I am thankful for you, thankful yeah, for you, exactly. you, 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 that, this, that, like, oh shit, oh my god, hair, oh my god, everything, yeah. But I really like, what if, like, you know how many, how much time will go by? We don't even think. Like, I have fresh water to drink. Like, like we are just so, especially like where we live um you know it's i i find that there's like a a lack of like backbone so to speak because we have kind of been coddled and our generations before us have worked really fucking hard to create 
the scaffolding for us to be able to have these higher thoughts on. Totally. And I, I, and I, and it, it makes me compassionately angry to watch, especially like my generation, not that old, really complain about how shitty our parents were or, you know, and I'm not dis, I'm just not discarding true traumatic experiences. We, mm-hmm. we need to move through those with grace and find a therapist and really transform those. I get it. But there is a time when we have to stop complaining about the fact that our parents worked their asses off and didn't give us quite enough attention. But now I have all of my basic needs met. Everything's good. And so now I don't know what to do with myself. And I get to have these higher conscious thoughts because everything was fucking created for me. And I just Mm -hmm. popped out going like, and instead I just complain and get on my Instagram. I was like, dude, I feel like a deep sense of responsibility for like, thank you every generation for paving the fucking way for my like hierarchy of needs to be met up to an extent that I can now even start to think about what it might mean to get inside my bliss body and live on purpose and like really ascend through like the potential of human, of human, like mankind. It's like, what? I'm going to sit around and like point fingers at my parents for being like a little too busy building their business. So they didn't give me like a, a enough love. It's like, figure out, give yourself enough love now. Like get, like sit there in the pain for sure. You got to sit in it and you got to move through it totally. But then eventually you got to like get up and start moving with your life and stop pointing mm-hmm. fingers. Cause that I feel like is really debilitating. It's like, Oh, I shared this thing on my Instagram yesterday. I fucking died when I saw this. It's like a little guy and it's like two ways to look at life. And it's like a little cartoon and it's like, nobody gives a shit. And he's like all sad. And then it's like slides down to another comic slide and he's like arms up yellow, like face huge. And it's like, nobody gives a shit. And he's like stoked. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) that's exactly what it is. Like our perception of what's going on can be completely like my laugh is horrible or I can get up and be like, what an opportunity mm-hmm. to take all of the shit. Honestly, the more shit you've had in your life, the more powerful you're going to be as a human if you're able to transform that into your purpose. I totally agree. It's, it's <laughs> and it, like I have nothing to add to that. I mean, I have a million things to add to that. Actually. Well, yeah, go. Sorry, that's like, one of a large tangent. <laughs> but like, again, you know, it's beautiful and I love it. It, it. Again, though, it goes back to this idea of empowerment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think that one of the biggest... Uh, hacks there is to transform your life and to have a fulfilled existence is to take radical personal responsibility for your choices, for your actions, and for your life as a whole, the end, right? And then just to, um, just to add to this idea of, of, um, of like our existence right now, we're so blessed and it's such a miracle that we are surrounded by mm-hmm. all of these things. Like we have pouring hot water coming out of holes in our walls. You know, and yeah, like, we have so switch, much lights pop on, lights pop on. We have so much clean water that we poop in it. You know, like <laughs> there's so much clean water. It's like, it's so abundant. Oh it's God. like, may as well just poop in that and just flush yeah. that away. Like, what the fuck? But then yeah. the other thing that I love that I think we, to, to expand on your idea of like the generations before us creating mm-hmm. this wonderful experience for us is that it goes beyond just a generational thing. And, and like the science dork in me loves this idea that from the very first creature that was alive billions of years ago, mm-hmm. like you are an ancestor of that one thing. And that for <laughs> literally hundreds of millions of years, 
your ancestors have been reproducing and reproducing and reproducing. Like just that fact boggles my tiny little mind of like, holy shit. Like everybody that I've ever been related to has like found a mate and had a kid or like, yeah, the one thing we all fear that's not going to happen. Yeah. Like, (laughs) holy shit. Like just your existence is a wild and miraculous thing. The fact that like your sperm out of the, hundred million sperm was chosen (laughs) like you won the birth lottery congrats you get to live yeah what an opportunity what an opportunity but that's our bit like it's either an opportunity or it's a fucking curse depending on our mindset yes mind is so powerful so how do you how do you help people understand that so so for example somebody yeah somebody listening right now it's like whatever that sounds good but you don't understand Uh, I've got credit card debt and I I had a a really horrific childhood and my ex-boyfriend is stalking me I don't know like how do you how do you connect with those people Hmm. well there's a couple things when I first started getting in like to me I need to like understand something before I can feel feel empowered through it which I think is a um a pretty solid across the board, I kind of generalize everyone into that. Cause it's like, if someone just tells me like, Hey, do this. And they're like, they don't tell me why I'm just like, I'm not going to do that. Unless you, unless you explain like this happens and that and this and that. And I'm like, Oh, that fuck makes sense. Totally going to try it now. Um, so for me, and I, you know, I came through this platform again through yoga. So to me, uh, I, the way I define yoga, which is my teacher defines it like this, Kastuba, he says that your practice of yoga is one that empowers us to overcome the obstacle of the mind and why would we want to do that so that the self or the capital s can actually experience its own true nature so the first element is overcoming empowering us enough to overcome the obstacle of the mind because the mind really is the one thing that is either like our our likes and dislikes and and perceptions and places our stuck points and our neurology really like creates everything that comes into our life and the way that we perceive even a great life as shitty it's our mind is really an obstacle mm. for most of us. And so the whole practice of yoga, and yoga just means to unite back to source. It's to be deeply connected with the one that created us. We, we want to overcome the mind so that the self can experience so true nature. And if we're actually situated in the self or the soul, spirit, whatever heart, put heart in there, we're situated in the deepest part of who we are, which is the least tangible. It's not, I'm not my hands. I have hands, but I'm actually something much deeper. I'm the consciousness behind my eyes watching the movie of my life. When I'm situated in that place, I'm actually... Yoga teaches us that we're sat chit ananda, which is I'm eternal. It's the part of me that doesn't die when my body dies. It's the part of me that was viewing my life when I was three through my eyes. And now at, six, at 16 and then older and older and older, when I'm 80, it's going to be the same consciousness looking through my eyes. I'm eternal in that sense. I'm also fixed in truth where I have all the knowledge I could possibly ever need. It's the part of me that was like, don't date that guy. I dated him and then was like, fucking knew it. <laughs> knew it. I have all the knowledge I need. And then I'm also blissful which is the element that we're actually searching for. Because if I am eternal and I have all the knowledge, but I don't experience any bliss, like it wouldn't matter if I had those other two things. So these three qualities of the soul, sat, chit, ananda, are what we're actually looking for. Like we want to be blissful. We want to be deeply connected to all the intelligence. And we want to be identified in a part of us that isn't affected by time or the like temporariness of our world. And to actually overcome the mind takes... One, taking responsibility for ourselves, which is what you said. It's like, you want great power. You want to feel empowered. No one got that by 
someone else doing it for them. Like no one got to a happy and empowered place by like somebody else doing the dirty work. Like mm. look at a lot of the like richest, like most people that had shit handed them, they're usually miserable. They didn't do shit to earn that. They didn't actually like have to get themselves to that really guttural existence to actually realize like, oh, th- that responsibility gave me great power. Like with great power comes great responsibility. Great responsibility comes great power. Like it's, it's so true. Um, and so I think actually starting to get inquisitive, like what does my mind say about that? <laughs> and just actually being honest about it. It's like, we have an experience. Our mind immediately wants to like or dislike. That's our ego coming in. Like, no, yes, no, yes. And I'm filing and I'm doing all these things. There's functions of the mind I won't get into, but it's important to understand. Like I have a part of my mind that just acts like a computer. It's the part of me that like remembered that we had a meeting today. I associate like who you are. So that every time I see you, I'm not like, oh, new person. Like what's that fish on that movie? It, like has a completely, like, I need to, yeah, Dory. Okay. If our mind didn't work like a computer and I didn't have the memory, I wasn't able to file the shit. Well, like my life wouldn't function. So I think also remembering that our mind is like not the enemy. We just want to overcome its obstacles, which is to actually harness it and use it for good. Mm. So I don't need it to be gone because if it was gone, I wouldn't remember like how to feed myself, how to wipe my ass. I wouldn't remember like this is what I'm doing on the state. I need that stuff. And then there's a part of my mind that has opinions about that. It's like, I like Jeremy. Okay. I like doing yoga. And then I can remember those things. Great. And then I also am like, I don't like that. (laughs) <laughs> which is fine. That creates like who I am in this world, which is also totally valid. I'm allowed to be me during this lifetime mm. and I should own that, which I think sometimes people take the ego and they're just like, fuck the ego. And it's like, I mean, you could say that, but it's also like, I get to be Leela this t- time in this body. And I might, and what helps me enjoy my experience is like filtering everything through like a pretty clear Leela vessel, which is like, things need to be funny. Like I like being in nature. I really am good at this stuff. Like, let me be good at that. I don't need to apologize for that. So there's a part of my mind going back and actually making a point here. The first part's like the computer. The second part's the ego that I like, like or dislike. And the third part is the part that actually has this like intuitive discernment. It's the part of me that it's like my higher intellect, the part of me that knows what's right the whole time. And it's usually the quietest part of our mind because we, the conditioning that we've grown up with has taught us to disregard that. Um, you know, cause when we're little, we're like, Oh, I like that. My heart is calling me towards this thing. And then a parent or a teacher like, no, sit down and shut up instead. And you're like, uh, and so then you do that. And then that happens again and again and again. And we bump up into all these things that quiets that voice that's going, this is who you really are. Choose this, um, follow this higher kind of connection point to something bigger. Um, and that, heart is very quieted within our modern society. Um, And there's an analogy that I use when I am trying to help people start to make more empowered choices so that the mind becomes their friend. And is that, that there's two, and I I think this, I think there's a story from like, whatever, if you've heard it, you've heard it, but I like to say that there's two dogs inside our head. One is more of like a lower self or like more primal self. And then there's like the higher aspect of who we are. And every choice we make, every thought we have, every single second of our life, we're throwing a stake to one dog or the other. And whichever one we throw more stakes to is just inevitable that it will be stronger. Um, And so 
we really have ample opportunity, like I said earlier, to feed the aspect of who we are, that we would like to be more powerful. And if that's the part that's empowered, if that's the part that's situated in peace, if that's the part that's making empowered choices for ourselves and feeding ourselves correctly and choosing gratitude and love over fear, um, then that's going to start to be bigger. But in order to make those empowered choices for ourselves, we have to stop giving a shit what other people think of us. And we have to start trusting deeply and what we feel to be right because no one else is going to validate our intuition for us. And that's why we don't follow it very often. And so how do you do that? Um, you start small, low hanging fruit, wake up every morning and you have two options. You can do what you want. Like, don't, this is, this is what I usually tell people. I'm like, don't wait until you're walking down the fucking aisle to try to follow your intuition. Like, Jesus Christ, you have like a gazillion not moments up until that point to start to exercise the muscle of your heart or your higher intelligence. Start with the shit that's not going to change everything. Like, do you want coffee or tea? Ask and listen. Respond respectfully. Like, the world's not going to end if you drink coffee over tea or tea over coffee that morning. Then you move to the next thing. Like, do I want to meditate or shower first? Like, again, not super trivial, but a great opportunity for you to strengthen a muscle. It's all like doing a pull up or a push up, whatever. If you want to be good at something, you have to practice. So try it with the shit that's not going to blow your life into flames. Um, and then when you do get to a moment where it could blow your life into flames, you're going, when I get a yes from my higher knowing, it feels like this in my body because I've practiced it over and over again. And then I don't have to waver. I can just choose and move forward with my whole heart. Mm. I mean, we have unlimited opportunity to practice throughout the day with smaller things smaller things, smaller things. And so that when we get to the bigger things, we aren't like, I don't know what to do. And then we're asking everybody else for their own, their opinions of our life that have no idea what kind of choice we're trying to make. They don't know how our heart feels. Stop asking people who don't know shit about your life to answer questions about your fucking life. You don't know anything about your life. Yeah. That's one of the, the greatest <laughs> coaching hacks is people are like, Oh, what do you think I should do about this thing? And you're like, what do you think you should do about this thing? I mean, they answer you like, whoa, question. you're such a good coach. You're like, thank you. Like, here's your invoice. It's just yeah. that, right? Say, my Venmo is that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But it's that. It's, it's that recognition that deep down we know what we really want from our life. Deep down we know what we deserve. Deep down we know how we would choose to spend our day if we didn't mm -hmm. have to work. Deep down we know what we want to say to that boss who's disrespecting us. Deep down we know how we deserve to be treated in an argument or a conversation or a partnership. And I think yeah. as you alluded to, it becomes a process to practice that courage and that vulnerability and that awareness and acceptance that are required to live in that empowered manner. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just a, it's a matter of slowly scaling up and it's a matter of deciding to take action that yeah. aligns with the highest, best, bravest version of yourself. And so mm -hmm. one, one thing that I do with clients is to um, get them focused on who do I need to become so that my dream life will come true. Like yes. rather than saying, I want the picket fence and the husband and the kids and the car, like great. Mm -hmm. Like who do you need to be to have the healthiest relationship you can possibly imagine? Who do you need to yeah. be 
to put your art and your book and your work out into the world? Who do you need to be to um, create lasting, intimate relationships with those that are in your life? And then mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I need to be braver. I need to be more committed. I need to get focused. You're like, fantastic, because you yeah. have absolute control over all of those things. Yep. And when you start to focus on what you can control and choosing that empowered lens through which to view the world, then all the other stuff like kind of finds you. That's that like law of attraction crap. Like yep. you don't just have to, yeah, you don't just like wish on a star and make a vision board and then just sit on your ass mm -hmm. and wait for it all to come and, and find you. It's like, yeah. actually you got to do some work. Mm -hmm. And I, I ask my clients just, and it would be perfectly bridged off of what you just asked. And then I would say like, what do I need to believe about myself in order to be these things? Like need to be brave. So then what do you need to believe about yourself? Like that I'm a courageous person and like I have the balls to do this because I, I know, especially for me, like if I, if I'm not anchored in a why, if I'm not anchored in a belief about whatever it is that I'm talking about or I'm, I'm making decisions where like I will so easily, and I think all humans are like this, but for sure, like I do everything in extreme. So if I'm going to self-sabotage, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck it all up. And I need like a, <laughs> I need like a constant reason to stay on my center point or like to have, so what's, and the reasons and the why always come from like a belief. Everything we do comes from some sort of inner belief. Um, so it's like, if I need to be brave or I need to, like, I'm going to be these things. And like, what would I need to believe about myself in order for me to move forward? And then I tell people to write that shit everywhere. Cause I also, I forget all the time. I forget, I forget everything all the time. <laughs> like, it's very easy for me to be like, whoops, I forgot to be great. Like so fast. Cause our mind's fascinating little machine. I write it everywhere. Like I have notes, like I have a note that says, I love you right here. And then I have actually, I don't know if this is from you, but Traver gave it to me the other day. A year from now, you won't recognize your life. I also have that on my computer. Can you see it? Yeah. Um, and just reminders. And so like when I'm coaching people into that, it's like, what's your belief? Like what's your core thing that you're going to resonate with so that when you're faced with temptation to compromise yourself or to stay disempowered or to fuck shit up just because it would be easier, faster, or more socially accepted, you're not going to crumble that's what builds your character. Like in yoga, they call that tapas to like sit in the fire. The second you feel that heat, like, Oh, we know we're like in a ring, an arena of fire. Like Brene Brown talks about like falling into the arena. I've been in a lot of those recently. I'm like, shit, this is the moment where I get to like practice everything that I would totally tell someone else to do. What am I going to do? I ha I believe that I'm like, I'm courageous enough to lean into this. And as soon as, if we have the, this like, the balls really to like lean in when a shit is hard and we're at the face of temptation. Like we come out transformed on the other side and we don't forget what that feeling felt like ever. And it's like putting another you inside of you. You're like, damn, that felt good. I am, I am more empowered than I was on the other side of that conversation because I somehow kept my composure. I sided with who I was. I was also considerate, but I was able to stay focused on the fact that like I am worthy. I am also brave. I am also whatever fill in the blank with your self-beliefs whatever you got to do to build up the belief about yourself to maintain the composure or like the spiritual poise you need to move through life in an empowered way write that shit everywhere and con like convince yourself like what we say through our mind 
over and over and over and over and over again creates pathways that we'll start to use. I mean, it's like you're drilling a Grand Canyon based on our thought processes. So if it's like, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, like the more you say that, the more it's going to be true. So rewire it back and repeat, repeat, repeat. Like mantra is so huge. The word mantra means to free the mind. Man is mind and trust to free. So we create mantra, whether that's like sacred text that we're repeating if you're in a yogic like setting, or you're just like, I am safe. That's a great mantra. Or I am worthy, or I am enough, or I'm connected, or whatever it is. I mean, just one word. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Like our brain is listening, and not only just our brain, but every cell in our body is listening to that. Like I want my body to know that it's it's healthy and it's taken care of and it's and it's loved, um, because my cells are listening to that. And you, Matt, what cells you speak to like crap? They're gonna eventually not be healthy. Like if I actually thought like, it doesn't just go on in my head, like that vibration of what I'm thinking and what I'm the love, like what I'm thinking really does translate through every cell of my body. And it's, it's my thoughts are encoded with intelligence that my, then my cells have to ingest. What kind of person Mm. do I want to be? I don't want to be a person that's talked to like crap and I'm going to feel like crap. Mm. Yeah. And I think, (laughs) and I I love all of that. That was a, that was a solid Ted talk you just gave. And I think, um, that was good. I think just to, to add to that, one thing that I love and that I'm drawn to partially, I think, because I am a, a scientist at heart, is the gathering or collection of data or evidence to prove mm. or disprove something, right? Yes. And so mm-hmm. for people who tell me things like, oh, I'm, I'm not brave or I, you know, I'm not good at that. It's like, great, cute story, cute story. <laughs> Now, tell me 10 times in your life that you were brave, right? Yeah. Like 10 times in your life that you were loving. Tell me 10 times in your life that you were generous. Because mm. I think we forget that we are, like Walt Whitman said, multitudes, right? Mm. Like I contradict myself. So be it. Like we are the entire emotional spectrum. We are, as our buddy Trey Verbaum says, like primal and divine, right? Yeah. We are... Um, thoughtful and vindictive we are jealous and generous like that's cool and we all have all of those things in us and it like you said earlier the the wolf you feed steaks to is the one that grows and so reminding yourself that in your past you have done things that aligns with somebody that is courageous generous brave Mm -hmm. whatever even if that means oh yeah like i learned to walk like i fell down a million times and mm-hmm. like, I learned to walk or God, I've survived on this planet for 20 years. Like, holy yeah. shit, I am tenacious, you know? <laughs> and like, really look for evidence of the you that you want to prove exists. Mm, I love that. Thank you. Because if we're looking for, you know, whatever we're looking for, we're going to find. Yeah, you, you find what you seek in life. Yeah, you want to look sure. for a reason that the world is cruel and heartless and evil and your life sucks? Yeah, boom, right here. Yeah, you'll, you'll find it. You'll, yeah. You want to look for reasons that there are opportunities everywhere and that you know, you're lucky and fortunate and generous and connected and powerful? Amazing. You'll find that also. And so mm-hmm. going back to this idea of individuals who are struggling or feeling heartbroken or broke or frustrated or helpless or hopeless it's like i get that i've been there i imagine you've been there as well oh yeah and that sucks it really does it's terrible 
and it's an opportunity because you're in the middle of your of your hero's journey like yep. like the <laughs> rock bottoms the solid foundation to to build upon right it's like great yeah. you know what can you learn from this how can you use this how can mm-hmm. you love this right what yeah. is this teaching you and if you were the biggest badass superman beyonce version of yourself like how would you respond you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> I just discovered Cardi B during this training. I don't really, I don't watch TV. I don't like, do you know who that is? I, I know the name. I know, I think she's yeah. a rapper. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I'm like, I care about what I care about. Should I start using that as a reference? Like, is Beyonce like well, the thing anymore? Now it's like been the, well, I do love, I love Beyonce. Cardi B energy I, kind of flows. I had to like, they, this whole group was like doing, like talking like her. And I was like, who's that? Like, what? So then I like Googled her. And then I was, we were, all of our rooms are like kind of close to each other. So I was on Instagram and like found her page and I was like sending it to the group. I was like, holy shit, we all have the little Cardi B, like energy in our stuff. She don't give a fuck about it. Anyway, I just like tangent that I'm like trying to channel a little bit more of my yeah. uh, like audacity, so to speak. Something that I like to, like just a quick phrasing on like how to shift that mindset is like, can I like could I like possibly maybe just a little bit be willing to see my life as something that's happening for me and not to me like maybe I don't know all the way and I don't have to do it forever but just like for a second would I be willing to like shift it to where like maybe this is actually happening for me it isn't happening to me like could I shift myself out of that victim um mode just for a little bit to see what happens and I can almost guarantee you that like you'll take the anxiety valve inside of you and just like <laughs> a little bit, which is pretty nice, even if it's just for a minute and just like get a little curious about what your life might feel like if you didn't have that lens of like everything sucks and this has to be happening to me and blah, blah, blah. Just, just for a second. You don't even have to tell anybody you're doing it. You can still be a victim when you go outside. Just sit with yourself for a minute and shift and be like, what would it be like? Like, how could I feel as a human if, if this is a perception that I took? Mm. Um, and like one, one fun tool that I like to use is, um, I don't know the actual phrase for it, but it's something like downgrade or downplay or something like this. The idea is it could always be worse, right? And <laughs> like so, and so like, <laughs> say that again? Like a flaming bucket of dicks with swords? Yeah, with tiny hands <laughs> holding swords. Oh, yeah, tiny. It's yeah. like... <laughs> Exactly. Um, <laughs> I was like, this is not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. But yeah. also cheering you on. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, so <laughs> we was referencing the other day on Instagram, I posted this thing about life, <laughs> life being so bad that it feels like a bucket of dicks that are on fire and the dicks have rabies and they also have tiny hands holding sores and they're just fighting with each other. Like that's mm-hmm. what life can feel like. It can be overwhelming and terrible and weird and like a private war. And that's what I came up with. But it's that. And like, it can always be a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I learned yeah. this when I was walking in Spain. I'm like literally walking uphill in cow shit and my legs are exhausted and, I, and I'm miserable. And I would be telling myself, well, at least it's not hailing. Like, well, at least it's not hail. Like, hey, <laughs> like, well. you know, at least I've got two legs instead of one. Like, yeah. hey, at least I've got a backpack filled with clean clothes that I can put on at the end of this walk. And like, yeah. th- I find that that kind of perspective shift or reframe can often be a powerful uh, 
assistant in getting me through some of the harder times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my God. That's a huge one. I was gonna, can, I, can I carry on that for a second? <laughs> I mean, I think, are there rules here? Like really, I don't know. whatever you need. Carolyn, Carolyn Mace is amazing. She's my greatest teacher. She wrote a book called Anatomy of the Spirit. If you're listening to this, go read that book. And all of her other books are phenomenal too. But she, she often talks about um, that like what we're going through. And I think this is a huge reality check. And this really helped me is like, shit can be hard. But like, what if the angels came down and told you that like, this was actually the, the preparatory like lessons that you needed in order to be strong enough to handle the rest of your life. And mm. like, what if like you were, this was like the strengthening phase, like your soul stamina so that you could handle like way bigger, harder, more transformative lessons coming down. And we're so referenced to this we're stuck in the past of like uh, 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 usually and then we're projecting a lot of shit onto this like airy fairy future and like i was just saying the other day like i'm 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 single i have my dog and he's my only real responsibility aside from my students who i care deeply for um and i you know i keep myself with a pretty solid sense of integrity and i I do my best but i often get into a mode of being like oh yeah this is so hard and i think like Lila, you, you want to have a partnership, which is going to be hard as fuck. I know relationships are hard. Also, you want to have children, which is going to be hard. And you're growing your business, which is going to continue to get harder. I'm like, whenever I'm sitting here, I'm like, I am in like coasting, easy town. I imagine for the encounters I'm going to have soon, like bumps. Like I, I travel all over the place. I'm never near people for very long. I'm by myself most of the time. This is as easy as it gets. And somehow I can still find something to complain about. Mm. And I shift my perspective and go like, whatever lessons that are coming to me, like I just asked for them to come in a safe and loving way with respect to the fact that like, I know they're actually prepping me for harder stuff. Like you never know. Like you could lose someone. You could lose everything. Like you're going to get into, I know I'm going to get into situations that, are going to require more power than I have now to get through them. Like they're going to require more grace, more integrity, more of me. And this is just like an incubator. Any moment could be seen like that as an incubator for how I'm going to handle the rest of my life. And I think that was actually the beginning of the conversation that led to the deathbed thing. Cause it was like, listen, everything we're learning during this life is so that last moment of our life, we're able to do with grace. Mm. Like who are you going to be? when the last bit of who you thought you were is ripped from you, which is your physical body and all the stories you cling to. And like, I am devoted to spending my life figuring out how to connect and detach enough so that I can do that final moment with complete ease and connected back to where I came, like to the source of which I came because that's like the ultimate thing that happens to us. And every lesson before that is just, teaching us another vantage point of that same and final surrender. Mm. And I think, I think that that is a really good perception or perspective to keep on our lives because you never like this could right now, this could feel like the hardest thing of your life. But what if I told you that easiest, would you be okay to move forward? Like, (laughs) would you somehow change? And I, not that I think that that's the case could be, like we hit that first bump and we're like, damn, that sucked. And it's like, what if that was the smallest one? And it were just building you up so that the monstrosity that's coming towards you with some sort of grace. Mm. And we were starting 
like, would you still be willing to do your life? But I think that that's taken, that does take a constant, um, like shift in perspective to be like, this is happening for me. This is happening for me. And also a connection to some deeper, like when we are not connected to our soul. And I mean, this is the kind of yoga I teach, which is actual yoga, which most hopefully people who practice yoga, their teachers are teaching them this as well as like, we are not the body. We are not the mind. We are like the soul inside of that. Like I said, that's eternal and blissful. And this is teaching us to situate ourselves in that deeper sense of self. And the part that really separate from my stories is actually body looks or the um, trials and tribulations of my life, because we can put so much of our identity in this material outside world that changing. And if I expect side existence to keep me happy it's kind of silly when you think about it because nothing in that material outside world ever stays the same it's in constant flux it's happy it's sad it's changed things moving even just like the trees will the leaves will fall off of the trees and they'll go back again like we've I can't take my happiness or my steadiness and put it point because that is forever changing and that's very difficult for humans and because we don't have an internal compass or reference point to be like, okay, well, if I'm not these, then who the fuck am I? Like that was the whole first week with these girls. Like, who the who the fuck are? Who are you? And they're like, oh, you don't know. I'm like, we're gonna learn who who we are because this story that was this one day is now. And you thought you were that story, and like you thought you were for that job now you quit it now who are you or like you thought you were that weight and then you gained some and now who are you or whatever mm. um and until we start to actually go inward and inward and inward and realize that we are a very well being at our essential self soul then we really have um then we can really be lost for a while and when we do connect that we all have i mean i'm not beating my own heart but something is and I'm, I am the same, that something just in a very different quantity inside my chest. Mm. And when I connect back to that, I have like an eternal identity that doesn't fucked by my external situations <laughs> and circumstances. It also doesn't really need to manipulate. It just has this kind of sense of bliss and contentment all the time. But to ask to someone to really and start to identify with an invisible sense of self is really difficult in the world that trains us to keep our eyes outward. Um, so I think that that's super important when we go to hit the fluctuations of our life to go like, okay, all shit could hit the fan for the rest of eternity while I'm here. And I realize that until I start to find a sense of peace with who I really am, I'm not going to find much relief here in a human body because we're in a world that forever changes and time affects everything. Everything I love in the world right now will be gone one day. And mm. that's a tough reality to to accept and remember all the time, but it's very sobering also. Mm. I like that <sighs> idea of recognizing that the suck is just you growing. <laughs> like, oh, this is, I must be expanding right now. Or, oh, mm -hmm. I'm learning a lot right now. Or, <laughs> you know, like every tear you, sh you shed, you're like, oh, I'm growing. Like, <laughs> this pain. is it, right? Like we forget that, that training for hard competitions like the Olympics or marathons is often brutal. Mm -hmm. And these athletes, they consciously put themselves in positions to suffer so that on one given day, 
they stand on the podium and they get the gold medal and they win all the awards and everybody cheers for them and it's all happy and giddy and, and yay. And we don't see the years and years of trials and tribulations and, mm-hmm. and hard rainy days that they put themselves through mm-hmm. in order to get to the podium, in order to get to become one of the best in the world at what they do, right? And yeah. I, um, I'm of the, the proponent that growth sucks. <laughs> like, I don't even know how, how else to say it, but like, if you're going to, to grow, you're going to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are ways to have a bit more fun. Uh, there are ways to look at that in an empowered, sort of positive, pragmatic way. Mm-hmm. But, tell us about the fun part. Yeah. How would you tell someone to make it more fun? Because I'm, I'm into that. Well, like exactly what we talked about is like viewing life through different mm-hmm. lenses, through recognizing that, hey, my life could be way worse. You know, <laughs> I could have a gnarly rash in my butt right now. <laughs> you know, while you're doing terrible push-ups. I don't know. I'm just making shit up. Yeah, yeah. Like, that totally. would be worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just forget that aspect of like, hey, I, I don't know. I don't know the like secret to growing without discomfort. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people are selling that on the internet for yeah money or 10 quick steps or whatever but from my experience and my understanding discomfort is simply a necessary component of growth yeah and we try to avoid that truth to our despair and to our detriment right yeah yeah i think think, go ahead ahead. jinx um i think doing it with other people is really helpful what do you mean Uh, like choosing to spend time with people who have a sim who are willing to have a similar mindset on growth Mm. so that the growing pains don't suck so bad like i've heard i'm in the costa rican jungle for three weeks with these girls going through like a lot of transformation so their life really does suck right now as far as like internal pain they're feeling like a lot of a lot of tears a lot of like like they're freaking out and then releasing and freaking out and releasing. But constantly it's, I'm so grateful to have this container and be able to relate to somebody else from that deep level of being like, Whoa, are you feeling this? And they're also feeling it and then trans transforming it. Like let's move through this together. And I like Sangha, which is community is just such a huge element to have when you start to, ask deeper questions when you start to be interested in this type of stuff having that accountability having the feeling that like you're like because the last thing you want is to be going through some like really intense pain and then also feel alone which is like the deepest human fear ever is that we're going to be abandoned and alone Mm. so which is typically what we do we start to wake up to like "Hmm, i kind of want to be happy and then we isolate ourselves because we don't know who to who to go to or where or where to start and then it feels terrible. And then we're like alone and think we're the only persons that have ever, the only people, persons, the only people who have ever woken up. And it's like, there's a lot of people who have gone through this process. We just need to not isolate. I mean, obviously it's okay to be in solitude, to self, have self-inquiry, but, it's, but being around a group of like-minded people who are moving the same direction of you can be the most encouraging and supportive. Mm. And it can really help you um, like transform things faster because it's like you don't feel like you're complete nutcase like 
you're it's encouraged to like le keep leaning in and that this pain will like if we move towards the pain and through the pain we will come out on the other side so to have some cheerleaders on the side that are like we're going to do this together um i mm -hmm. think definitely makes it less uh like foreign and it it's so it's so much nicer that's my experience which is kind of why i like these immersion experiences we get to like pause go in and we're in this like incubator so to speak of like huh we're gonna like grow and transform together and then have some real tools to go back into our life with afterwards mm -hmm. um and genuine like generally having a community that's supportive as well because if we feel alone in our life and we don't have um a yoga studio or a friend group that's super supportive a family that's super supportive or people that understand you when you start to go into this darker place that can sit with you in that pain not you know jump head first with you but can empathize listen and help you transform that is really necessary um because oftentimes we keep ourselves in environments that actually aren't conducive for waking up mm -hmm. because i've been friends with them for 16 years and it's like yeah. well are they helping you it's like no but i'm terrified of who i might hang out with or or how to i don't know how to find people that are thinking like me or feeling like me um because i've just been stuck in my with my old friends and that's scary too to be like okay i gotta let these relationships go that aren't serving me anymore mm. um and really start to kind of upgrade the whole system so that i can continue to upgrade that's like a very courageous and necessary step but it's very courageous to start to look and be like wow like are these people and communities and places and environments and all that because we don't just digest food we we digest everything and if i'm becoming everything that i take in through my senses sight mm. smell you know like everything whew, mm. then i have to be more particular with where i put my body and who i allow into my mind and into my heart because they are influencing me in some way and if i can start to make a more conducive environment for awakening through the people i spend my time with and the food I put in my body and the movies I take in and the sounds that I listen to and the environments that I live in, like you might as well make it easier on yourself. You know, don't eat ding dongs and go sit at a bar at 3am and expect to wake up. Like you're going to, it's going to, you're going to kind of suffer and stay in that mm. sense of like, Ooh, like inert energy that doesn't re that isn't really conducive for change and awakening. And we do know what's conducive for change and awakening. We just have to. Yeah. Cause back to that idea from from a while ago that we talked about of, of like you know like you know mm -hmm. that sitting on the couch and watching netflix for six hours is not mm -hmm. gonna help you in the long term like you know that but, <laughs> but like the pain that you're experiencing is very comfortable and yes. you have proven to yourself for a long time that you can survive it and then it's mm -hmm. not that bad right mm -hmm. and on the other side conversely choosing to live in a different way is scary and uncertain and it's unknown and the mm -hmm. suffering that you will experience by doing that life and by making those choices that suffering is unknown and that feels really hard and really scary really but, scary but like it still goes back to this idea that suffering is inevitable and you get to choose how you want to suffer mm -hmm. so you suffer by staying on your couch, staying comfortable, staying small, staying in that relationship, staying in that job, like you can suffer in that way, or you can suffer by um, <clears throat> taking a chance. You can suffer by having a hard conversation. You could suffer by applying for that new job. You can suffer by putting your work out into the world. You can suffer by 
dumping your boyfriend. Like this is just a different form of suffering. And I would argue that we know deep down which type of suffering is the one that's most empowering and that is going to teach us the most and is going to help us become the person that we want to be. And as uh, you suggested, it's like a process of deciding to be brave enough to suffer better. It's like, yes, that's the trick. Mm -hmm. Can I read you um, an excerpt from the book? I'm, I'm reading Carolyn Mace's book and I read this this morning. So I, I want to read it to you because it's on suffering. It's the title is on suffering, okay. uh, but it's from entering the castle by Carolyn Mace. Not a path exists in the physical world that is without pain, fear, suffering, grief, loss, and trauma. Yet quite clearly, we cause much of our own problems. We may suffer a bit as a result of your own choice to become conscious, but the decision to expand your self-knowledge and knowledge of God doesn't mean that it's the beginning of suffering. It means a different type of suffering. When you violate your conscience and consciousness, when you know better but choose to think or act otherwise, you indeed suffer. That's I think good. that's super transformative. Um, yeah. And the greatest suffering comes from the self-betrayal. That is, when you have heard your intuitive guidance but repressed, denied, or deliberately acted against it, indeed, this causes pain because you have made the choice to become more conscious yet betrayed your soul when it spoke to you Ooh, you betrayed so your soul when it spoke to you of that's course that's the yeah that's what intuition is and that like that like hit home because i was like damn you, you know what that i really is the main cause of our suffering because yeah. we feel it we're like we know what to do we do the opposite and then we're like oh we're sitting in that muck yeah. and then we're like who can i blame mm. Leela, <laughs> I, I i um i have this quote that i think you'll like and it was um i interviewed my buddy connor beaton the other day for the podcast yes. and um he had this line that said something like intuition is when you remember the future mm. and i was like that's good like <laughs> actually know your path and you know where you're supposed to go and that intuitive hit that hunch that gut feeling is you remembering like oh i'm supposed to be over there and yeah. every time that you deny that you're betraying your soul right as as carolyn mm -hmm. just said mm -hmm. Whew, that's heavy it's heavy but some real shit I'm that's some real it. real talk that's some mm -hmm. real shit <laughs> totally <laughs> Uh, what what next? Should we should we wrap this up? How are you feeling? I don't. I mean, I could do this all day. I, I don't know how long so. we've been going. So I have no idea. Um, should we keep it under a certain time? <laughs> should we talk about Costa Rica? That's yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or do you want to? Let's talk about Costa Rica. We're doing okay. a thing. Yeah, we're gonna do a retreat. We're doing with a retreat with Trey Verbaum. Um, another badass. He was on here too, right? Uh, yeah, he was like episode four, oh. I think. Love him. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a trifecta of transformation for people. I am just stoked. I think it's a cool, we're doing a new year's retreat nonetheless, which so me, you Trevor Bohm in a, mm. in a Costa Rican jungle for a week over mm -hmm. New Year's Eve. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, how could that be terrible? It can't. <laughs> it can't. <laughs> I'm stoked. Even if it's just the three of us. We're going to have a fucking badass time. Yeah, I can't wait. It's um, in Dominical, which is a beautiful part of Costa Rica. It's um, kind of a little bit south of me. I'm on the Pacific side right now. Black sand beaches, stunning sunsets. Um, and the retreat center is this eco-village built out of um, shipping containers, which I'm pretty, pretty stoked about. Um, 
And I just can't, I'm just excited to see the blend of all three of us come together because we all teach the same in essence, I feel like, but a very different like mm. modality. So to create um, with two people who I feel like are changing the world already, I'm pretty stoked about. Yeah. That'll be a, a really conducive environment for healing and empowerment. And like the way we described it on the sales page is like, hey, <laughs> like New Year's Eve, like for me, New Year's Eve like often sucks. It's like, yeah, I never am like, and it's like, oh yeah, I went and like sat in a bar and I paid too much to get in there and I can't mm -hmm. even hear my friends say anything. And oh, there's that drunk person that just spilled some shit on my shoes. <laughs> I don't even like yeah. like this song and like I'm tired and I'm uncomfortable and I just want to go home. And like, and is it the fucking new year yet? And then it is. And I'm like, oh good, now I can go home. And it's like, yeah. That sucks. Like, I don't like yeah, that. And then the first day of your new year is like yeah. you getting over a hangover yeah. and being like, like oh, hey, uh, we need to start my new year's resolution yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. It's like, what? You know what well, I did though? La like, last year I got up at sunrise. Like, I, I didn't drink much. I got up at sunrise and like walked around a golf course and like greeted the day. And like, I felt like that was a really like empowering nice. choice. Like, I was, I was like, no, I'm going to like, say hello to the year and I'm going to be starting off on a positive, like strong foot. And Amazing. that was very, we're going to do that at the retreat. Yeah. I think we should greet the day. In why, like uh, why are you such a fan of like immersive experiences? Is that what you called them? Um, like, yeah. Why? I've been like, like the word retreat kind of like doesn't yeah. do it for me anymore because I feel like everyone can do a yoga retreat. And usually people are just like doing a little yoga in the morning and then sitting on the beach and drinking margaritas, which really doesn't facilitate much change in my opinion. <laughs> um, so like in depth, I mean, whatever, maybe I could, but I, not in my, yeah. But like, you what's your, what's your recipe for that? Like, what do you, how do you do it? Like, um, I, genuinely I, don't like, know. I think for me, getting out of our habitual life in and of itself creates space to understand who you are better. Mm. It's like so much, so much of our identity is based off of the little steps that I do throughout the day and everyone else's reactions to me and like my roles that I play, like I'm a mother, I'm a this in my work. And I, mm. so much of my identity is in like my normal landscape. Mm. So to get out, which is why traveling can be so great. Just like getting yourself into a new experience can be great. Changing up your routine can be so great because you start to like, who am I when I'm in this environment? Yeah. Um, which that in it, in and of itself can be just a huge wake up call to be like, wow, I'm all these other things I didn't even know. Like put yourself yeah. in a new situation and see how you act. Um, mm. But as far as doing like deep interpersonal work and being in a, a different environment can just be a huge um, container for growth. Cause we step out of our lives. We go, okay, I don't have any stressors here and you're not planning anything, which is usually what people have to do on vacation. They're planning everything. They're kind of stressed out. They eat too much. They drink too much. And then they need a vacation from their vacation. Right. It's like the opposite of like what <laughs> should be happening when you take time for yourself. They spent yeah. way too much money. They had, they, they, and they have like nothing to go home with except for like hangover and 10 extra pounds. And it's like, fuck, like <laughs> you want to be better when you go home. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I, I love travel. I love being in nature and I love this type of work. So I just kind of put them together. And I also really enjoy creating safe spaces for people. That's just something that I feel good doing I've always like loved doing that so I feel like how do you how do you define a, a safe space for people um a, an emotional and physical safe space where it's like you don't have to worry about anything as far as like the structure of your day goes one that's part of it where it's like you just show up and like like everything's taken care of you don't have to worry about what the coffee's made you don't have to worry about whether you 
are cooking food. You don't have to go shopping. You don't have to any of the physical needs mm. all taken care of. Mm. And then from an emotional place, there's, I think as facilitators, there's like an energetic and emotional boundary and like requirement of a facilitator when you're guiding people into interpersonal work. It's like, is there a trust between student and teacher? If there is, awesome. That's what should be created. And that's how I feel like client to coach or student to teacher, whatever relationship should be built off of trust. That I know what I say to you isn't going to be shared with anyone else. Mm. I know what's said to you is not going to be taken on by you. You're going to be the soundboard through which we can take my pain or whatever and work to transform it together. Um, also, what it, however I arrive is enough, whether that's I'm sad, I'm excited, I'm whatever, I don't have to be any different. I feel like, um, and that's the, the role of a space holder is that however you are is okay. Because when we feel like we have to be different, we we become more timid as far as the soul goes like the soul needs a safe environment to kind of unravel in or to become creative in or to awaken in if we don't have that it's like it's like when we're little kids and we're like playing around and all of a sudden we hear a sound we're like <gasps> and we kind of like cower back in we're like oh shit like i'm not safe here anymore mm. but then when we're good and we're like mom and dad are in the kitchen like everything's fine we're like oh like going fucking crazy like that's our yeah. self <laughs> trying to come out and play but we can't do it without the safety net of knowing like how i am is good enough i don't have to be any different my basic needs are met and then beyond that i'm actually in a conducive environment to like be vulnerable mm. without being judged for it and like allow like having the uh, time and space to like sit in the shit and then also sit in the gratitude and then also like sit back in the shit and then sit in the gratitude yeah. um which i in i mean there's lots of little nuances that go into that because i feel like um it's a real art to be able to hold space for people especially within a group setting because it, um facilitator it requires a lot of um like a spiritual and emotional altitude to be able to be considerate of a lot of people's experiences at one time and still hold a conducive space mm. um and I recognize that I have that ability. So I, I want to exercise that as much as possible because I do think it is a gift. I've been in scenarios where it didn't feel safe all the way. Like it was trying to be, but it wasn't totally. Um, but the sense of like comfort and safety and unconditionalness um, and also just have being able to like really understand what the soul of this whole thing is doing. Like all these people came together and like, yeah, they're all having their own individual experiences, but they're also having a collective one. Mm. Um, and, you know, some people are better at that than others, but it's so necessary when you go to do some sort of collective healing um, if you want everyone to get something from it. So, mm. yeah, and then you're given, like, tools, too. Like, you're, like, here. Not only are you going to be, like, completely taken care of from every layer of who you are, but we're also going to give you, like, some fun, easy steps on how to be a better, happier person <laughs> and try it out. Like not even just I'm gonna give you the steps, but I'm gonna sit here and watch you do it. Yeah. Like we're gonna sit in this workshop for two hours and you're gonna write that shit out in front of me instead of just like emailing me about it and then like you don't do it. Like you're kind of put in the hot seat. Yeah. Like you're all thrown in this pressure cooker and you're like, here we go. We're all gonna we're gonna like actually work through the process together. So the sense of like urgency and responsibility and like accountability that happens through that time. Mm. Super nice. It's like always oh, like you're knowing that the facilitators are there having like 
no, no. Like they have your back. And it's like, I might as well use as much of this time as I can. I got like three coaches around me who are ready to like help me transform my shit. Like dive in, mm-hmm. go as deep as you can. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it goes back to that, that idea of suffering of you can choose to stay in your comfortable bubble. You can choose mm-hmm. to live your days again and again and again. You can have the same arguments again and again and again. Or mm-hmm. you can read new books, listen to better podcasts, follow people mm-hmm. that inspire and uplift you and try to like shake your shit up and do something different. Mm-hmm. Take a chance on yourself and decide that you are worthy of a better, easier, happier existence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how can people find out about our retreat it's on your it's on your website yeah it's on my website leva dilla and then i there's a i'll spell it for you since that's you know not a totally common name um <laughs> so soon kane smith uh <laughs> yeah um leela is l-e-i-l-a-d-y-l-l-a.com that's my instagram also but on my website there's a tab that just says retreats um and we've called this one unleashed I think that's courtesy of uh, yeah, unleash 2020. What do you want with your life? Yeah, it's a very Traver thing. I'm down though. I yeah. support him 100%. He'll be here in a couple days. Oh, is he going out to Costa Rica? Yes, he's coming to shake, to unleash my ladies. Oh, is he speaking to your group? About. Yep, he's doing oh, a, a workshop on storytelling, another one on personal defense and boundaries. Oh, oh fun. They're going to love it. Um, okay. What, what else you got going on? Is there anything else you want to to highlight or promote or want people to know? Um, I want people to know that they're doing a good job. Um, (laughs) you know, I do think people forget that and that wherever they are is where they need to be. Like it can be really intimidating when we get into this field of like personal development that like Mm. everyone knows something I don't know. And I fall into that sometimes. I was homeschooled growing up, so I always thought like everyone was smarter than me. And so I mm-hmm. oftentimes like, I'm not doing enough. Like so I, there's like some net note going around that like I have not gotten. And <laughs> I think that like it's necessary to like you're doing a good job. You have all the information that you need already. And like mm. just move forward one step at a time. We don't have to conquer our entire life. What we can do is live one moment at a time fully mm. with ourselves and just um, – be completely immersed in where we are. Um, I would love people to follow me if they enjoyed um, listening to me because I was pretty much what I do is talk and, and write and do yoga flows and I'm usually in cool places. <laughs> um, and to join us on some sort of experience because I really um, feel like in-depth experiences are where it's at or if they were, you know, personal coaching is something that's more up their alley. I'd love to help them mm. um, if this type of stuff resonates. And just read more, listen more, like take a chance on yourself. I think you said that. Um, yeah. And then yeah, you, and I, you and Traver still doing that thing? Yeah, we're doing a retreat in Steamboat Springs, Colorado in September. So that's our next biggest thing. It's called Defy Gravity. It's based off of um, Carolyn Mace's work also, which is how we connected the initially. Um, that's September 11th through the 16th. And um, Steamboat Springs, Colorado is just like a phenomenal place it's beautiful in september all the aspen trees are yellow and we have a huge chateau rented on the base of the mountain um and so we're doing a six-day retreat and again everything's catered for you we're bringing some chefs in and we're going to do a bunch of amazing workshops and yoga classes and hikes and um go to the hot springs and really create some create some big waves so i would love to have anyone there too and i'm thrilled to work with you in person 
I might crash that one and just show up. Be like, hey, when's the hot springs day? I'm ready. No, just don't don't tell Traver. I don't know if he's going to listen to this, but I think you should. I think that would be great. A little uh, surprise bias group for everybody. Yeah. Fun. Uh, Leela Dilla, thank you for, for who you are, for what you do. I just so adore you and your energy and your wisdom. And uh, I'm super, super excited to see you at New Year's. Just yeah. keep, on, keep on doing your thing. It's, it's so Thank you. It was a really fun conversation. It was. I, I appreciate what you're doing too. So many of my girls here follow you and, and love that you're making kindness cool. So keep sharing the love and sharing it in harsh and nice ways. I think we need, we need that. And humor, the, the thick overlay of humor is necessary in these trying times of the world. So, yeah. so much respect for you and your path and what you're doing. Thanks. Yeah, it's like, it's, I just feel like life is, is so serious that you can't help but laugh about it. Like, yeah, I feel, I feel like, like sometimes that's the bravest thing is simply to laugh at the seriousness of life. Mm-hmm. You're like, mm-hmm. What a fucking joke this all is that like, mm-hmm. we're on this sphere. Like, you know, another thing, we were going to wrap this up, but you know, yeah, may as well just whatever. end with a tangent. This thing yeah. that perpetually confuses me is that like, not confuses, but I feel like it's underappreciated that half the world is standing upside down at any one time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like oh we're, on, we're on a sphere. <laughs> and we're just spinning around, cruising through space. And like uh-huh. half the world is literally upside down, but none of us actually realize that. Yeah. Nobody pays attention. Nobody pays yeah, attention to that shit. And I'm like, every time I see a globe, I'm like, fucking what? China's upside down right now. Yeah. Are you guys okay? You guys cool down there? Australia, are you guys all right? Are you all right? I love it. I love to remind people, like, in my yoga classes, I'm like, you know, like, touch your fingertips to the ground. And then, like, for a minute, just remember that, like, you are touching a planet. Yeah. On top of a planet, 60,000 miles per hour. I think something ridiculous like that. Or maybe even more, I don't know. Through a universe. And, like, Mm-hmm. Thank God gravity is working. Mm-hmm. So you didn't just float back out into the ether. It's like, yeah. have some respect, yeah. man. Whatever and the hell. At that moment, I'm going to cue, like, you could be upside down. You and literally are. To, to somebody else on the planet, you're literally <laughs> upside down. Yeah, gravity disengaged at this moment while mm-hmm. you do your warrior two that you're suffering through. Who knows where you'd end up? It's be grateful you gravity on your feet, it's, man. It's just, it's just <laughs> all overwhelmingly ridiculous. It's it like, is. We we make it so serious. It's like have some fucking fun. Go do a cartwheel. Do some yep. somersaults. Yeah. Like somebody that you love them. Like go pick your nose and just imagine how insanely ridiculous it is that you can even do that. <laughs> you have hair growing in your nose. It's the weirdest. <laughs> and I hope if anyone gets anything from this is that they brush they brush good yeah. they they brush their teeth. Yeah. Like completely immersed in gratitude from this day forward. Yeah. That could it be the practice. One simple change. Mm-hmm. Make love to your teeth. So you can even can like write on your toothbrush. Like take a Sharpie and write on your toothbrush gratitude. So you like pick yeah. up gratitude in the morning. Yeah. Pick it up. First pick it up. Shove it in your mouth. Just yeah. gargle with gratitude. Get it in your fucking <laughs> gums. There um, all right. We, we Peace gratitude we, after that. <laughs> we should probably wrap this up for real now. Okay. That's a good ending point, though. I'm going to make my girls do that. <laughs> Hashtag gargle with gratitude. Yeah, dude. Uh, you're a jam. I already said nice things about you. I adore yeah. you. And um, I'll talk to you soon.
Bye, Jeremy. Love you, buddy. All right. Take care. <laughs> Love you too. She's hilarious and ridiculous, right? Like, whew, that's so good. Uh, as we mentioned, we're hosting a New Year's Eve retreat in Costa Rica over the New Year's holiday. Go to her website, leeladilla.com. You can learn all about it. It's called 2020 Unleashed. We want to get you living your best life yet next year. Let's do it. Let's hang out in the jungle and the beach and have adventures and see wildlife together with a group of badass people and incredible accommodation and food. Uh, Leeladilla.com, 2020 Unleashed. It's going to be a blast. Also, you know what? You're a blast, and I love you, and you're doing a great job at life, and I'm proud of you.